Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we're continuing our week-long discussion about injury rehabilitation. And we're going to be talking today about how injury identity affects your health and your performance. This is something that very few people know, and we are going to give you the insight. Morning, everybody. Welcome to the stream. If this is your first time joining Team Unity, welcome. My name's Yanni Bormeister. Across the table from me, I have my brother, Rad Bormeister. To the left of my seat, I have... <laughs> Smartest man in the room, Phil White. And behind the mixer, we have the voice of God, also known as the sexiest man alive, Richard Lillies. We are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System. We teach driven people how to cultivate a performance mindset, ditch the injury identity, and uh, become athletes. And that's what we're going to talk about today. This is very important. So strap yourself in. Now, before we get started, I want to send love to everyone tuning in, listening on the podcast. Give us a five-star, uh, I was going to say Google review, uh, five-star review, and uh, also smash the like button if you're listening on YouTube. Send us some love. It does help the channel. Uh, much love sent to our tribe tuning in live. If you haven't already, join the group. It's the UMS Movement Mastermind over on Facebook. We've got Joe there smashing the likes. Everyone who's joined the stream, let us know who you are and answer the question of the day. What's your favorite way of motivating yourself when you get injured? Joe Gable has said buying GME stock, game stock. <laughs> that is an awesome answer. Uh, now, we do want to announce that the, the show is sponsored today. The, the show is sponsored by Unity Gym Merch. The site is up. It's ready. It's pumping. Orders are absolutely hammering us. I've had to get Rad to start taking over the, uh, the email because we, uh, it's luck, too much for me to luckily manage. luckily for us, they, they have decided to sponsor our show. Yeah, that's what right. Are the <laughs> what, are the what, a, what a bunch of great what guys that are, are the odds? Unity Gym merch. <laughs> we're kind of a big deal. We're kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, we're getting sponsored by yeah. all sorts of amazing companies. Uh, on that note, we've actually had another company reach out to us and, and, and want to sponsor the, the podcast for a week. A supplement company. We'll talk about that offline later. Mate, we are posts, a big deal. Our posts are getting we're, liked by yeah. some of the biggest Instagram stars out there. It's uh, we're we're pretty much a big deal. Oh, now. We're a bi we're a big deal now. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, you can grab the merch. Uh, we've done a post in the UMS Movement Mastermind. We're going to do a, a. We'll share it in the links to the podcast today, and also on YouTube. I'll get Richie to throw that up. Uh, and uh, we should also announce that um, Richie recently got promoted. Richie's now our content management executive. Executive of content Ooh. management. Whoa. Kind of a big deal, Richard. Anything with the word executive in it, you know, what you hit the big time. What do you think about that, Richard? I don't have a mic turned on for. He <laughs> doesn't have a mic turned on. There you go. A content management no, it, executive. It is exciting to have, have someone yeah, fully in charge of just making sure that really good stuff is coming out. So yeah, that's right. YouTube, people will watch out. Very good. Very so good. So if you've got any complaints about any of our content, direct them to, to Richard, the Richard Lilly's <laughs> Rich, Richard at unitygym.au. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, and we've got some huge announcements coming this week too. So stay tuned. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it uh, at all, uh, just yet, but um, Joe is actually uh, uh, working on one of our projects who's on the, on the stream right now. And he gave a little hint away yesterday, uh, but we are probably going to make some sort of an announcement in the next coming weeks. It's very exciting, very exciting stuff. 
let's get into today's topic. Uh, injury rehabilitation, continuing this series, we're going to be bringing it in for a landing tomorrow. But today we're talking about how injury identity affects health and performance. This is really important. So first and foremost, I'm going to get Phil to build some context here and just explain from a physiotherapist's uh, point of view what an injury identity is, and then we'll share some, uh, I'll share a personal story myself, and, uh, and then we're gonna go deep into how to overcome it and, uh, and all that. Yeah, um, basically, like to start with a personal story, um, my background was playing ultimate frisbee fairly competitively from the age of about 14 to 26 or so. And, um, you know, I was generally quite uh, one of the sort of top players coming through, but then every couple of months I'd um, get an injury and then I'd have to take a bit of time off. Um, and then get back into things and, and go again. It kind of got to the point where, you know, I just started to feel like a bit of a, you know, like there was something wrong with me, a bit of a broken person. And that meant that like it would just, like every time I'd be working towards, um, you know, trying out for another team or um, whatever, like I'd, I'd constantly be kind of like stressed about <laughs> getting back into the sport I loved. And, um, you know, didn't really have a, a method of, of back then of like, I didn't understand strength and conditioning and, and injury management and physio. That's all come later kind of as a result of this. And it kind of got to the point where it even sort of went from beyond me to other people where they're like, you know, whenever, if I did get injured or like if I was, or if I was on the field, they'd be like, oh, you're actually on this time. Or like, you know, if I injured myself, like, oh, not again. And like, it would just become this thing where people were constantly, like people were to like, more my injuries than like you know anything else about my sort of gameplay so it and that really got stuck in my head where i started to think like oh shit like you know there's i'm just a, a bit of a broken person that doesn't really um you know i'll probably gonna have to duck out of sport and i'll probably have like issues for the rest of my life and it was really um you know starting to study exercise sports science and then um going on to physio and and and, and actually the, probably the biggest thing was actually starting to train in this gym where I started to, you know, train every day. Uh, you know, you do all sorts of, um, like a, a huge variety of exercises from, um, you know, weights training to calisthenics to and to fitness. And I started to sort of forget that, like I'd had injuries and it was this really weird thing where suddenly I was like, you know, I, I'd, I saw some of my frisbee friends after stop playing, they're like, Jesus, what happened to you? Like, <laughs> you know, suddenly I was like, a, you know, fit and strong and, and I just, it was this kind of amazing detachment from that person who I saw myself as when I was playing frisbee to constantly, someone get constantly getting injured to then quite a, um, yeah, fit an athletic person sort of once I'd stepped away from it and focused on just like, you know, external things. And it was this real sort of change in mindset where, yeah, now I feel sort of ready to take on anything most of the time. And if I have a little niggle here and there, like I know what to do with it and I can move past it. And then I don't think about injuries. I just think about doing what I want to do and having fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. And, and that is, uh, it's something that we're going to go, go into um, in a moment, which is, you know, essentially just flipping the switch and, and, ch and changing the mindset, which is just, it just it's, a, it's a game changer, you know. But first, before we do that, you know, Rad has dealt with a couple of really brutal injuries over the last couple of years. Uh, <laughs> they, they came thick years. and fast. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to most more talk about the... the, the well, actually, no, years. no, no, let's go deeper than that because... The thing is, and 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 um, Rad is a um, a very unique type of human being, and there are many of them out there, and they generally uh, generally find a way to become successful in whatever they do because, and I, and and I hope he doesn't take this the wrong way because I've lived with him my whole life. He's got a, 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 an ego the size of a freight train, and only recently has he learned to sort of s um, um, s settle that down and silence that through his own personal education and and uh, evolution. But 
it actually, when you think back and you think about the injuries he's overcome, it has, from looking from the outside in, always been a, uh, I, I think, him tapping into this concept, whether he was doing it purposefully or whether he was doing it subconsciously. Uh, he's always dealt with injuries very well, you know, and, and um, the, you know, he had a very bad injury that we can go back to talk about the first time, which was your foot, your Liz Frank ligament tear. Uh, and his dream and ambition at that point was to become a stuntman. And he had landed a very cool job at, at, at Fox Studios here, uh, which is sort of where they were producing big films and things like that. And, um, and why don't you just sort of share that experience uh, as, as succinctly as you possibly can, because I know we can go deep down this rabbit hole. But the thing is, he didn't even know this concept back then, but it didn't stop him at all. Even though you were told that you were probably never going to be able to perform Kung Fu, uh, martial arts, stunts, anything ever again. Well, I'd been doing, um, I'd been, you know, as a kid and as a teenager, I was always just running around and doing whatever. And through my teenage years, I was really into rollerblading and, I was pretty capable physically at whatever I did and I started martial arts when I was 17 and I started Kung Fu when I was 19 and then when I was 20 or 21 um, I got a job at Fox Studios as a performer doing and I got the job because of my martial arts ability like that we had they had a whole bunch of different performers that were working there there was about 120 of us and I think about 10,000 people auditioned for the job. I remember going to the auditions and it was three phases of auditions and the queues were just massive to line up. Like I remember being at the audition and just thinking how, like there was just so many people there, how little chance I had of getting it. I was so surprised that I did end up getting it. But anyway, so uh, there I was. I was, a, I was a performer and I was doing live action shows and stunts and I was working with some really, really successful and accomplished stuntmen. Um, one of them was Val Kilmer's stunt double, and another one was, I mean, they both, you know, had done all of the big films in that were filmed in Australia, The Matrix, um, all the Mission Impossible movies. Um, back then, there was a lot of films being made in Australia. That was Australia's heyday of movie making, and they were all made at Fox Studios. And then I was doing a flip, an acrobatic movement at work, and I tore a, a ligament in my foot called the Liz Frank ligament. Um, and it was probably the most soul destroying. Google it, you get a frank answer to what it is. <laughs> um, it was probably the most soul destroying um, 12 months of my life because I was like, all I knew when I was that age was that I loved martial arts and all I wanted to do was something to do with making money with martial arts. And so that was where I got the idea of being a stuntman because I thought, you know, I can do movies and, and whatever and, and get paid to you know, that it was my skill and my ability that would be making me money. And then all of a sudden, I was going to surgeons and they were all telling me that I would never be able to do Kung Fu again. I would never be able to do acrobatics again. And I would most likely, based on the statistics, not even be able to run across the road without being in a lot of pain. And I just, I, I went through a massive depression. I went through months and months of depression because I had to get surgery on my foot and I was in a cast and I had a screw in my foot and couldn't do anything. And, and um, you know, I was going to work on crutches and all my friends were there still doing what they were doing. But I don't know what happened, but I just, I just developed a mindset that um, th th that wasn't my fate. And I just, I was 21 years old and I, I remember just thinking to myself, I'm not going to be this person. I'm not. I'm not going to be the person who, at 21 years old, had to stop doing everything that they wanted to do. And I just 
believed so fiercely that no matter what I was going to overcome it and I did yeah and that you know carried through the rest of my life with a, a, another uh, a, a string of you know pretty bad injuries if you look at the injuries I've had on paper even right up until just last year they're bad injuries they're yeah. injuries that really end people yeah and I'm still dealing with um, you know adapting the way that learning to strengthen my body and to overcome these injuries right now it's it's um you know i used i was very careful there to not say i'm still rehabilitating injuries because that that is an injury identity that we're talking about not having and i don't have that so that's not my mindset <coughs> um, um but i'm dealing with these things i'm dealing with how i adapt my training to be able to overcome the issues that i've had yeah I just want to kind of talk now about why it, why this kind of matters and how this actually makes a difference because with like it, it you know it might seem a bit like oh you know you've got to deal with the truth and if you've got an injury you've got to you know focus on that and get past it but one of the um, things that, like it's important to understand the condition you've got and it's important to get a diagnosis but the key thing is so many people get stuck there and then they don't focus on the next step and often it's health practitioners that don't really like you know, foster that sort of mindset around like, okay, you've got to, like, you're starting here, but you've, you've got to move forward and get back um, beyond things. And so, and where this comes really important is I hope that everyone listened to the Pain Science Explained um, podcast on Monday where we talked about pain science and basically what pain is there for and and what pain is in the brain. And, and really it's like, t- to cut a long story short, it's your perceived threat. So it's your body taking in lots of information and then depending on how um, it is, it transferred through your spinal cord and up into your brain there are certain factors and you should definitely listen to Monday if you didn't hear it about um, turning up and turning down that signal so you don't have pain receptors it's all about your um, how that information is processed by the brain and so if you've kind of and I love that you said you know all the injuries on paper when you look at like a diagnostic report from a um, an MRI or an x-ray like seeing that stuff on paper you see all these like funky words and you know <laughs> Latin words that are like and you know words like fishes yeah. and like it, crea- it <laughs> like creates an emotional response and a visceral response in many cases and and it can really put you off and i don't think there's enough emphasis with m- i've worked with so many practitioners physiotherapists chiropractors and and the and the such uh, osteopaths and massage therapists and doctors medical doctors surgeons and there's not a big enough emphasis on exercise post yeah. and that's the cr- what that's you do except to, just give me just give me a sec to finish the only person who i found phenomenal at this and i overlooked it at the time was my my orthopedic surgeon for my knee and you know i came out of that surgery and i was dealing with a lot of pain and there was a lot of recurring pain and i couldn't do things and i got a huge baker's cyst and i got this and i got that and i ended up really frustrated and went back and demanded that they do an MRI and have a look because I was so convinced that there was something wrong. And he got me in his office and he showed me this uh, this brilliant three-dimensional MRI and, and just walked through everything and said, there is nothing wrong with your knee now. The operation went perfectly. The, he, he explained to me how the tendon has um, uh, gone through a process of transformation where the, the, the muscle that they used to create the tendon is now turned into a tendon. It's hardened. It's adapted. It's really good. Ligament. Ligament, ligament. Ligament. Sorry. You have to go out and stress this now. You have to go out and strengthen this and exercise. And then I went and saw Leroy and Leroy convinced 
convinced me to just start deadlifting and really working on building strength and overcome that injury identity. And, you know, that was the, the only experience I've ever had with a practitioner where they really said, this is, this is in your head now. You know, if you don't go and push it, and if you don't go and start really strengthening it, leave, forget the rehab. I was there going, what rehab can I do? What, what do I need to do? He said, it's all done. It's 10 months now. You, you need to go out there and, and really take it to the next level. And, and I had to really overcome a, like discomfort. I felt pain in the knee when I was working yeah. out. And you remember how inflamed my hamstring was. Yeah, yeah. You treated me back then, you know. Yeah. And it was scary, and it was uh, it was it was uh, difficult to deal with. Yeah, and so why that is so important? If you, you can imagine Yanni sort of having had that you know traumatic like an injury, and then having this like full on surgery, and then you spend um, all this time sort of thinking about it, thinking about it, and you can't do the things that you used to like you know you used to enjoy doing. So um, you know doing exercise and everything, and suddenly now really impaired, and so you just spend like you know so much time thinking about it that then that all that information that's being sent from your knee, which is, you know, constantly, as I, as, as I said, like you're always getting information from everywhere and a great example is when you have the flu, how suddenly it feels like your clothes are just so painful in your body. Like you're always getting signal that you're wearing a t-shirt, but you don't notice until you have a flu that it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so it's exactly the same thing with, if you're thinking about it all the time, then that sort of, and you have that, like you have the scar on your knee to prove it, you know, you, you went through this big surgery, like that turns up that signal and creates pain. Like that's where pain come from is, is, is it's a, body's perceived threat so why this is so important to wrap your head around is that like you can have with persistent pain if you've got something that's still giving you grief after you know the acute phase of pain is done like when pain is very useful to um you know tell you to deload once it becomes this ongoing thing and stops you from doing what you want to do um that's where the injury identity becomes really problematic i think the problem is like what you were talking about before phil about you know um radiologists and people like they're showing you this is what's going wrong in your body. I think when you look at the the medical system, the wellness system, you know, I'm talking about from a radiologist, from a doctor to a radiologist, to a surgeon, to a physiotherapist, to a trainer, like people are experts in what they do, but often really don't know much outside of that. And that's for a really good reason. Like you wouldn't want to get surgery from somebody that knew a little bit about surgery but also a little bit about you know you know like you're going to go to somebody who is an expert at dealing with a knee an acl or an orthopedic surgeon you know but then so then if you're somebody that doesn't know anything and you just go to one of the experts and what happens with surgeons is they go off statistics and they tell you straight down the line and I, this is what my surgeon that I went with told me because I went to four of them and they all told me the exact same statistics but the fourth one said to me statistically this is what's going to happen but you know maybe we'll see we'll see what and I started asking him questions and he gave me a little bit more of an optimistic outlook he said well yeah you might do that these are what the statistics say you'll do based on tens of thousands of people that have had this surgery so I think the problem is that people like they're going to an expert the expert tells them this and and that just immediately creates the identity whereas like what you were saying before phil we're backtracking a bit in the conversation now but you know you get the diagnosis and and it says all of this crap that's going on in your body but then you have to move on from that and you have to move on to somebody that's going to be fostering a performance mindset not somebody that's going to be you know bogging you down in this you've got this injury and and often there's even an element of that system that i've spoken about where even when you go to different people they all 
just bolster that same injury identity. You go to the next person and they say, oh yeah, well you got that injury, you know, you're in rehab for the next 12 yeah, months and, that, and no, you'll and never do that. And that's where language becomes really important and something that I'm really passionate about and I'm, I'm constantly, you know, bringing it up in this, this podcast, but it's, it's, it's where like language from health practitioners becomes such a, a key thing because it's that, it's what you, you know, when you hear, when you have a consultation, basically you don't know what the patient's gonna walk away with, like what bits, they're yeah. going to really hold on to and so often like you know you, and i've been there as a patient you kind of hear one thing and you just get so caught up in it and you just don't like yeah. <laughs> and you take away thinking that you're some broken person but you know for example like with rad you know i really try and say i don't say like oh how's he slapped here today mate like i try and you know if it's like oh you know have you like if we progress with your shoulder or something like yeah. that like yeah. it's it's those little things that just become you know if if you start to sort of label people and 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 like constantly refer to that specific thing then they just like the whole brain just like zooms in and it becomes mm. this, yeah, um, yeah, an issue in itself. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm gonna t I'm gonna um, uh, just f uh, bring this in for a landing uh, with a very very practical application to how this really can mess you up and how it can also become something that is critical that you are um, overcome. You know, I had a, a history of back pain uh, that stemmed from a horse riding accident when I was a kid that really, really was quite difficult to overcome. And I spent a decade through my teenage years getting therapy and re remedial therapies and chiropractic, which did basically diddly squat, did nothing. And it wasn't until I was challenged by a couple of friends of mine who you know, steered me in the direction of doing the exact thing I'd been told for a decade that I will never be able to do, that I overcame the injury identity and overcame uh, and, and really put it behind me once and for all. And the reason why it's so important that you understand this is because you can waste a lot of time and potentially never fix an injury if you don't flip the switch and go, okay, if this isn't serving me, this pain isn't serving me or this practitioner isn't serving me or this process or, or strategy that I've been working on for a while isn't serving me, then I need to come up with a different solution. And for me, that was to start doing uh, uh, like proper strength training, you know, and yes, regress it and, and shelve the ego and do it properly and learn how to do it properly. But that was the thing that fixed my back. And for a decade, I was told that was the thing I shouldn't do by very, very authoritative people. And, and just to be clear, when you say fix your back as well, like it's not necessarily that anything would have like morphologically changed within the bones or cartilage or or discs there. It's like that could all look exactly the same now, or potentially, you know, yeah. there could have been even been progression of that, in, like well, this of is injuries there. But because you've now got not only like stronger muscles around the area providing dynamic stability, but also like a really positive context around, you know, shit, I've got like a back that can lift 200 yeah. plus kilos in a deadlift. Like, this, this is what I was going to finish on. It, 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 nothing changed except the fact that I started to lift weights. And then I went really deep into getting flexible because I was very, very inflexible at the time, especially one of the things that uh, seemed to happen from my injury was that my hamstrings became very, very tight. And I don't know whether that was genetics, whether it was postural related or whether it was related to the injury, but it felt like my glutes, hamstrings just really locked down to prevent a lot of movement during that injury while I was recovering and I never dealt with it. And, uh, and then, yeah, I just went down this path of focusing on performance and how my body performed and felt rather than, oh, I'm compromised. I have a compromised spine. Because the reality was at that time, 
you know, I didn't have a compromised spine anymore. It, I was holding on to this. I was holding on to this injury that happened many, many years ago. And I was in a very fortunate situation where I was quite young and the chances of uh, repairing uh, tissue damage and bone damage and all that is far greater when you're young, you know, than when you're older. Um, but yeah, as Phil says, all, if all you, the people, like, it's still it's, the it's healing still, pathway yeah, still works. Exactly. If you if you looked at uh, scans and things like that, yeah, there's still wear and tear on my spine, but I don't think about it at all, you know. Um, it, and I, and it doesn't inhibit me anymore at all, you know. So it's very very important that you understand that the, that that it is something that you can overcome, and it's and it's as simple as changing how you think. It's changing your mindset around things, and this is why we like to say no. No matter where you're at with your training, focus on performance. Don't focus on fat loss because then you're reinforcing that you're fat. Don't focus on injury rehab because then you're reinforcing that you're injured. Yes, you might be in a tra in a period of training where you're trying to alter your body composition. You might be in a period of training where you're trying to alter uh, or, or overcome a uh, an injury. But if you focus on, okay, this injury is affecting my performance or my body composition is affecting my performance, focus on performance and watch what happens. Yeah, and I'm just going to do one little analogy now just to um, sort of really hammer this in. So I've been getting quite into my mindfulness sort of at the moment using the Waking Up app. Really like um, taking that sort of 10 minutes a day at least just to um, sit there and focus on mindfulness. And I, I just, you know that when you, you're sitting there and then you get like this really itchy spot? And then it's really, you just spend like the whole time trying to not think about the itchy thing, but then you, when you focus on the itchy thing, it just becomes like, it takes up like so much of your brain being like, hello, here I am, I'm itchy. Um, and when you're in that mindfulness session, it's just like this battle to kind of get past that. Um, but then, you know, you might have, if you had that exact same itch while you're watching a really good movie, like you would not, it would be such a tiny part of your brain, you would like ignore it if you're really engrossed in the film. And that's kind of a, just an analogy now for like, when you have um, an injury identity and you stop training, you stop doing um, all the things you like, and you're kind of, you know, no longer passionate about like using your body. And so when you think about your body, the only thing in your focus, this whole sort of focus is taken up by, uh, you know, my bad back. Like my bad back is, you know, the, the, the pure thing of focus. But when you get into a performance mindset and you get into your training and you start, you know, getting back then into activities that you enjoy doing, you don't say like, oh, you know, I'm not going to go snorkeling because, you know, I'll, I have a bad back or whatever. Like when you start having all these other things in your life, now suddenly the proportion of, your brain and your association with your body that is around that injury is just so small compared to you know uh, you know getting consistency with your training, PBs and your lifts, learning new techniques, you know getting more flexible, going out and going for a hike and going smoking. Suddenly, it's just such a small bit that you can like move past it and have just such a better association with your body, and that will decrease your pain. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love a little analogy. All right, look, I've had some really <laughs> great experiences since since going deeper into meditation and things like that, which started with the Waking Up app and after reading uh, Norman Doidge's book, the the brains uh, the brains Brain. way of healing. Brain uh, his, his most no the brains way of healing. Yeah. It's his more recent one. I challenged myself to do this a couple of times when I'd hurt myself and I meditated on my pain and my injury, and I've actually successfully on two occasions turned the pain amplification down through meditation when it was something that was really hurting. One was an example of a, a burn. I burnt myself cooking dinner. And you know, I had, I had to go to bed shortly after that. And you can't hold your freaking hand in a bowl of ice water when you're asleep. And I was just, and, and I was thinking that's what I was gonna do. Cause it was, you know, that initial couple of hours after a decent burn, it really hurts, you know? And I thought, fuck it, I'm just gonna lie in bed and meditate on this. And I was able to turn the pain off completely. Uh, like it was 
phenomenal. It happened noticeably within a period of about two minutes of, uh, of this meditation where the pain went from a five, six out of 10, it was pretty uncomfortable to a one or two. I just turned it down. And I, and I know that I, you can do this through the research that Norman Deutsch sort of uh, talks about in that book where they're studying people, uh, amputees, limb amputees from war um, vets and things like that, where they have uh, phantom pain and there's no way of fixing it through Medicaid. You can't um, take opiates and things like that for phantom pain. It, it's, uh, it's, it's in the central nervous system and the brain. And so they have to teach them how to turn it off through um, basically meditation is, a, is a, a loose term of what they're doing there. And they have clinics in, in the, around the world where they're teaching these guys how to do this. And they're in absolute pain, you know. And you can really do this. It, and, and it just it, the reason I share that story is because it, it is very, very powerful to understand how the mind works in all of this stuff. And, um, and, and you do have a choice. And I'm not uh, by any way, shape, none of us here are trying to play down your severity if you are in pain, if you are someone who's in pain or you are working through an injury. But you do really need to understand the power of your, that your mind plays in all of this. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Dave uh, Clark. Uh, who's uh, said, I stay motivated by watching cheesy 90s Van Damme or Steven Seagal movies that include training. Hey, don't call them cheesy, bro. That's my Seriously. life. That is my, that, we, we, Rad and I grew up on that shit. Uh, we, um, yeah, get rid of the Van Damme and the um, Steven Seagal ones. Though. Go get yourself some Jackie Chan movies. Or, oh, no, I love Van Damme. I, I lo Van Damme's good. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't, don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind a bit of Steven Seagal as well. <laughs> Yeah. It's awesome, and I, I I've been getting into uh, with my son uh, the new Karate Kid um, Cobra Kai series. It's awesome. I love it. Anyway, that's all we got time for today. But tomorrow, guys, and I'm gonna uh, make a couple of announcements. We are having a wicked flash sale this weekend. Tomorrow's show is going to be sponsored by our rehab injury rehab um, uh, flash sale. We got a couple of great little programs that you can plug into your training to help you work through things like forearm or golfer's uh, elbow. Uh, tendinopathy, you can work through knee uh, issues and injuries, you can work through shoulder issues and injuries, and they're really, really designed to uh, be do that just that, plug into your current training regime, help you manage load during those times of need when you do have uh, an issue that you're working through, and, um, and they're great programs, you know, we've had lots of insight from Phil on those programs. So get ready tomorrow, 72 hours, usual deal. They're going to be um, available at a massive discount to you guys on the stream, you guys uh, who subscribe to the email list um, and everyone in the UMS Movement Mastermind group. Also, are we going to announce that we're moving the time to next uh, as of yeah, next yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, Big deal, big deal. We are moving the time of this podcast live stream recording to lunchtime here in Sydney, Australia. I think Hi. we... Yeah. Sick. Yeah, I think I think yeah, sorry. Um uh you weren't in in that conversation. Uh which is a much better time for the US your audience. Your office has also moved up the back. Yeah, up the back. Your, your office yeah. moved outside. Uh we we want to try and um see if we can do this at a better time for the US audience because we do have a massive US audience and it works really well because it'll be like a lunch and learn for everyone here in Australia, but then it'll be after work in the evening for everybody in the US. Uh, I don't know what that means for people in the UK. Um 
No change. It's still going to be in the middle of the night for you. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's nothing we can do for you guys. There's not a whole there. lot we um, can do about that. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, look. Every it, time, so. um, let's see how it goes. I'm excited about this. I think it's going to work well, and it's going to mean that we can all train in the mornings again around this time, and uh, and we'll be out there getting a sweat on. So it might be about five a.m. in the it's UK. It's better in the, in the UK. Yeah, it's it's like three o'clock or something, or one o'clock in the morning at the moment. So it should be in the morning for them. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. We'll, we'll finish. We're, we're, we're going to wrap nah. this stream up, guys. No, we're going to be 1 a.m. 1 a.m., okay. We're going to see you all tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be talking about why we teach that rest isn't best and motion is lotion uh, for exercise and rehab uh, tomorrow. It's going to be a big show. Thank you. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.